The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Masrowski. Outside, a little bit of a cooler start. Cloudy skies, 43 degrees in Buffalo. In a letter to Buffalo teachers last night, Buffalo Teachers Federation President Phil Rumor announced he will retire effective June 30th. He said as a result of their solidarity and with a contract proposal through 2026 that he's hopeful will be approved, Rumor said now is the time for him to retire. Rumor has led the Buffalo Teachers Union for four decades. Word of his retirement spread as the Buffalo School Board was meeting last night. Teacher Mark Bruno, a union rep at Riverside High School, took a moment to address the board. Phil Rumor is a titan, something that will probably never be seen in this city again. And um, I learned a lot from him over the years. And uh, I want to congratulate him on his retirement and everything that he's done for uh, the city of Buffalo and um, the students of Buffalo. Rumor was 18 years old when he was first elected as president of the Teachers Federation. The letter that Rumor sent to Buffalo teachers available over at WBEN.com. On the teacher's contract, Buffalo Schools General Counsel Nathaniel Kuzma told the board last night, the deal is done. This is a historic, you know, monumental moment. Um, one that I'm, I'm very proud of. I'm proud of this board. Um, I'm proud of the superintendent. Uh, you know, you've charged me with getting agreements done with all 11 of our bargaining unit partners. And, and if this contract is, is ratified and approved, which I expect that it will be, uh, we will be in contract with all 11 of, of our union partners. A special meeting of the school board to vote on the contract is set for Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. A teacher's ratification vote will take place on Monday. Well, a lot still to come on that topic. Stay with us here on WBEN. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the city of Buffalo, will Chippewa bars push back against efforts to halt underage events? WBEN's Brayton Wilson has more on the reaction from club owners to lawmakers push to stop commingling. When it comes to hosting commingling events in the city of Buffalo, businesses like those on West Chippewa Street want the entertainment district and the rest of downtown to be as safe as possible for everyone. For literally decades, Bottoms Up has been running these events there, as many other bars have. So when the ordinance came out to ask for permitting, both of my clients submitted permits for their college nights, which would take them April, May, and June of this year. One set of the nights was primarily Thursdays, the other was primarily Fridays. So they complied with the city's request. And then sort of unexpectedly, because we had done what the city had asked, there was a lot of pushback and a lot of opposition from various parts of the city to these applications that we submitted. That's attorney Jacob Pierkowski representing Venue and Bottoms Up along Chippewa. Ahead of Tuesday's Buffalo Common Council meeting at City Hall, Pierkowski was on hand with Chippewa business owners and other representatives from the Chippewa Alliance to discuss the growing concerns of the public regarding commingling events. He says the meeting was quite productive and resulted in the businesses being allowed to continue with their events in April with one condition. The proposal was we'd asked for dates in April, May, and June. And the big concern that I kept hearing was these various groups wanted to have a trial run. Let's see if this works. 
So what we proposed was if the city could grant our April dates, there's four dates in April, two for bottoms up and two for venue. Let's use that as the trial run. If there's problems, we'll reevaluate. And that was granted at the Common Council meeting yesterday. So we do have permission to operate these events for the rest of the month. And I think that's a fair compromise at this point. Pierkowski says they're still in a little bit of a limbo with regards to their event requests for May and June. However, he's confident his clients will do a great job with these events in April. More reaction from Pierkowski to commingling concerns along Chippewa is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Thank you, Brayton. We'll be speaking to Common Council President Darius Pridgen about this coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. And our WBEN.com web poll today. Do you think commingling of underage and of age patrons should be allowed in some Buffalo bars and clubs? Yes or no? Right now, overwhelmingly, 92% checking no. You can weigh in at WBEN.com. Still many questions in the shooting death of a young woman north of Albany after a car she pulled into the wrong driveway. An emotional dad, Andrew Gillis, mourning his 20-year-old daughter, Kaylin, killed in upstate New York after a car she was riding in pulled into the wrong driveway of a house and was shot up by a homeowner. Kaylin's two younger sisters, Lily and Maddie, are going to have to grow up without their older sister. (laughs) 65-year-old Kevin Monaghan charged with second-degree murder. Investigators say he fired two shots with Monaghan's attorney saying his client was in fear with the car in his driveway. Derek Dennis, ABC News. New York state lawmakers could be looking to make ride-sharing more expensive. There's a reported proposal to add 50 cents to every Uber and Lyft ride, and that irks John Glows, an Uber driver here in Buffalo. Glows says New York already adds tax to ride-share rides. There's already an extra 3% 3% fee and another 4% state tax fee on rideshare. Now they want to increase it. Now they want to add another fee of 50 cents. Close says most of his clients are those who can't afford their own cars to get to work in the suburbs. He says such a fee would reduce the number of riders he gets and the amount of tips they'd otherwise give him. Assemblymember Mike Norris says he has not seen the proposal in the state budget, but he is opposed to what he calls another tax. People uh, use Uber and Lyft uh, to travel around. Uh, when they certainly go out for dinner at night to be safe, they do that. And, uh, and some of them use it for regular transportation to work and even to school. So, again, uh, another tax uh, on the people of the city of New York is, is unacceptable. Nora says New Yorkers are getting nickel and dimed already. Hear more about that online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. 19,000 drivers across the state have signed a petition put out by Uber opposing the fee. All right. A lot of people looking at weed on 420, and there's a lot of it to look at over on the West Coast. It's been more than a decade since Colorado and Washington became the first states to legalize recreational marijuana. Since then, 19 states have followed. But along the West Coast, which dominated production before legalization, the market is teetering with oversupply. Regulators in Oregon reported recently that the state was sitting on 3 million pounds of unused cannabis. The oversupply is slashing revenue and inflation hasn't helped either. It's good news for customers who are now seeing lower prices, but many farmers and retailers are now just scraping by or leaving the industry. Hey, how about that? Uh, Overflow, oversupply. Uh, Something people have concerns of here in New York as growers are growing, but the stores aren't open to begin selling. And what happens to all the leftover? Uh, Just one of the things that uh, people are looking at in this industry. We'll be uh, speaking with one of the people who helped get the uh, store up in Niagara Falls, run by the Seneca Nation, 
off the ground coming up at 8.50 later this morning. And there is a recall of a popular pickup this morning. Stellantis is recalling more than 130,000 Dodge Ram 1500 pickups. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it's because the engine could shut down while driving. Included are 2021 models equipped with 5.7L e-torque engines. Owners will be notified starting in June to take their vehicles to the dealer, which will update the powertrain control module calibration software. Stellantis says it's caused at least one accident, but so far, nobody's been injured as a result of the problem. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Well, uh, good no one's injured. Uh, the engine could shut down while driving. That's a, I had a similar recall. You yeah. know, I, I don't think it's all that, uh, you know, uncommon, I guess. Uh, but hey, something to be aware of. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Scattered showers around the area this morning. Sunshine this afternoon with temperatures back in the 60s. Tonight's partly cloudy and pleasant. Lows near 50 degrees. On Friday, we're in the 70s with some late day showers and thunder showers. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. The family of Ruth Whitfield, one of the 10 victims of the mass shooting at Tops last May 14th, is holding a three day conference at Buffalo State University, The Pursuit of Ruth on Hate and Healing. Ruth's son, Garnell Whitfield, is joining us now on WBEN. Garnell, thank you. Uh, why is this so important to you to hold this conference? Um, at a time when Hate is being, uh, you know, perpetuated across this nation, across the globe. Uh, we believe that uh, it is certainly appropriate and timely uh, that we have these discussions and talk about uh, what's going on in our in our community, in our nation, and in our world. Um, have honest and open discussions and uh, find a way forward. It's a three-day conference, Buffalo State and the Buffalo History Museum, starting today. What in this conference will differ from other discussions, similar discussions that are had on these issues. How, how is this going to be special? Well, for one thing, it's happening in, in Buffalo, New York, uh, you know, uh, where, you know, where we live, uh, where we, uh, you know, experienced 514. Um, that's, that's one thing that's different. Uh, what happened here in Buffalo is different than every other community across this nation, uh, quite frankly. Uh, so that's one difference. The other difference is the people that you, that we have assembled that will be participatory in this conference. Uh, I don't know that there's a, a panel of, of this, uh, you know, uh, of these kinds of people uh, have been uh, assembled anywhere in, in the country. Um, we have preeminent people in their fields uh, coming together to share information, to share their viewpoints, and, uh, and, and strategize about how to move forward. You have leaders here from all over the nation with very diverse backgrounds for this. Did anyone you ask say no? Uh, no one said no. Uh, and if they did, it was because of a scheduled conflict. Uh, we're wonderfully blessed to have had the opportunity, uh, you know, to co-mingle, to, to interact with, with uh, many people across the nation. And you said many people across the nation. It's actually from across the globe. Uh, we have the uh, special advisor on genocide to the U.N., uh, also going to be here with her staff. Uh, so it's a global effort, uh, um, you know, much, much as 514 was a global event. You've been very outspoken on the racial component of what happened on 514. This event, you know, in any way would produce tremendous grief. Um, it, it would be a, a, a tragedy. How does that component of racism 
change the way that this has impacted yourself and other families? Well, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, I've experienced as, as a black man, uh, I've experienced racism my entire life. It's something that we've grown up with uh, almost. It's, it's so prevalent that we've almost uh, come to accept it uh, to some degree. Um, and so uh, when this, this, you know, this, this became very personal, obviously, on 514. Um, and my mother uh, advocated for the least of these for, for the underdog her entire life. Uh, she was a strong advocate for justice uh, and for her family. Um, and I would be remiss, we would be remiss as a family, not to stand up in the wake of her murder and the murder of other, you know, the other nine souls lost on that day. Uh, you know, we don't have a choice. We, it's our turn um, to stand mm-hmm. up and advocate uh, not only for their legacy, but uh, for the, our grandchildren and our children going forward. Is it your mission Garnell, to to see that something changes here. Oh, absolutely, and uh, you know I mean, we're not naive, um, you know. And there's no amount of legislation, mm-hmm. you know. We support gun legislation. We support all of those things, mental health and all of that. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, the underlying, the undergirding of all of those things is white supremacy, white nationalism. It's hate, um, and and we intend to shine light on it and to call it what it is. Um, uh, you know, we're not naive to think that, uh, you know, this conference or, or any bill or legislation is going to change everything. Uh, what we need to do is to talk to each other, have honest and open discussions, and change begins in the hearts and minds of individuals. And so that's one of the things that, again, prompted us to do that here in Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, historically, has been a segregated town, one of the most segregated cities in America. That's a fact. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, this gives us an opportunity to come together, understand each other better and uh, find a path forward. Has that conversation changed? You mentioned bringing that conversation out into the open. And this uh, three day event is one of the ways that you're working to do that. Has the conversation changed in the past year? Um, absolutely, it has, uh, because, um, you know, we talk about white supremacy openly now. Um, white supremacy, uh, for some time, has been identified as the number one threat to the homeland. Uh, that's a fact. Um, every every uh, you know agency uh, uh, you know sworn to protect this nation has identified white supremacy, white nationalism as the number one threat to the homeland. And so, for us not to talk about it would be burying our heads in the sand. Um, the less we talk about it, the stronger they get, and the more that they do these kinds of things. And so, we have to be just as strong and intentional as they are. Uh, perpetuating hate and, and calling it out and, you know, and, and uh, trying to uh, stop it. Garnell, we're a few weeks away from the one-year anniversary on 514. How are you preparing for that? How will you spend that weekend? Um, you know, it's, you know, what I find amazing about that, and I'm on all the committees and the, uh, you know, commissions uh, that the city has and others uh, to, to mark that, mark that time. Um, but what people don't understand is as you, you know, focus on the one-year mark, uh, every single day of our lives, you know, as families of those lost, uh, we, 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 you know, we relive this every single day. We don't need a ceremony or a year, you know, uh, in time to mark that. It's never going away. Our problem is we can never forget. And and that's, that's what I would lift up. Um, I'm not, you know... Um, I may just disappear on that day. I don't know what I'm going to do on that day. 
but uh, we live with this every day, every day since 514, and we'll live with it every day uh, for the rest of our lives. And so, you know, while I understand, um, you know, a remember ceremony and those kinds of things like that, um, um, that's not something that, you know, we as, as families of the Lowe's loss need help with. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.